The podcast that you're about to enjoy is part of the Low Tree Studios podcast network. To enjoy more great podcasts like this one, visit LowTreeStudios.com. Featuring insights and inspirations from the mind of Boogie Triggs. That's right, we're back. This is Boogology, a Low Tree Studios podcast. My name is Jason. I am the producer and co-host. And joining me is the man behind the name, a 21-year Air Force veteran and a high-level leader and motivator of people, Mr. Boogie Triggs. Welcome. Hey, thanks, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. We're back. We're back, man. It's been a minute. It's, it's been a minute. It's been a while. Now, I did release a show maybe about a month ago. Right. It was one that we did on depression, which I think we, we should continue that discussion, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, but I, I edited it down and and uh, put it in a nice 30-minute package right. and release that because I think you know people love hearing this podcast. Right. We so, had someone recently discuss it. Yeah, yeah. Believe me, man. I, I've been having a lot of people come up to me talking to me about us. First of all, they know me, so they give me compliment on me. Right. And then they always go, dude, but the other guy on the A mic? Oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, he's okay, man. You know, he's just basically a stop sign to say, okay, Boogie, get back in your lane. But no, <laughs> no, man. Hey, they talk about the empowerment of both of us, man, and how we both just go together so easy, like yin and yang. And and I, I it's a true thing. I, I, I couldn't be me in this type of form without you. you well, know? I appreciate so, that, man. So I think that your existence in this form speaks for itself. However, comma, being a little arrogant here. That really should have been the name of the podcast. However, <laughs> however, comma, right. <laughs> I do know that without me, this forum wouldn't exist to this level as well. No so doubt. I just, the beauty of it all is that everything that we do is organic, man. It's just natural and occurring. I don't want anything to be scripted or staged. You don't want anything to be scripted or staged. Of course not. It's just like, hey, let's go at it. You know what the funny thing was? When the guy asked me, Hey, how many takes does it take for mm. you guys? I'm like, dude, it's just one time. Yeah. He's like, oh my God. I'm like, dude, it's one time. Why do we have to sit up here and try to script something and then set it up mm -hmm. so that someone believes what we're saying to be true? The truth is the easiest thing to give. It's the easiest thing to give. Unvariable. Well, I, I agree so. with that too. And that, and that's the form of podcasting that I like too, right. is, is there's a lot of truth in imperfection and, and, and there's, there's a lot of truth in just a, a raw production. Now, not everybody can create a raw production that's, that flows well and not all productions flow well, but right. this tends to, and it's great. And I, I, I like, I like, first of all, I'm lazy. I say that to people all the time. Why don't you edit? Uh, cause I'm lazy <laughs> and I don't really like to have to edit. And, and, and so what I've done as a podcaster, so right. we'll talk briefly about that is I've tried to work really, really hard at getting, getting good at, at formatting real time so that I don't have to edit because yes. it sucks to have to edit. Right. I mean, you, you do a 30 minute show and that 30 minute show, if you're adding editing, will take you another two hours to edit. Wow. So that's two and a half hours for one 30-minute show, not doing that. And that's not why he's the engineer and I'm just the mouth. <laughs> that's right. So we were talking right. a little bit about, uh, before before we started here, you, 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 you showed up a little early. We were hanging out a little bit. Right. You brought some really good tequila. Man. Talk about that a little bit, that tequila this you're drinking. I'm a scotch guy. Yeah. I'm even drinking from a Glenlivet glass. <laughs> I'm a scotch guy. Yeah. I had this tequila, and I'm not a tequila guy. I had a real bad experience about maybe eight years ago with tequila. And the, the tequila wasn't a problem. I was a problem because I had like 
18 too margaritas. Much too, yeah. Too, yeah, too much. 18 margaritas. That was insane. So now I got this tequila, put a couple limes in it, put it over ice, drink it, sip it. Awesome tequila. It's cured in the sherry in the sherry cask. Mm, there you go. I That's won't why tell you, like you it. what it is because I'm not getting paid for it. Uh-huh. However, just know that if you run across tequila that's cured in a sherry cask, you should try it. Yeah. It's very good. I, I, the lime is, is good in it. Of course, it's to me, it's not as good as a good bourbon, of course. But, uh, nor is still, scotch. Still, nor is a scotch. Still pretty darn good. So as we were talking, we were talking about this, uh, <clears throat> this concept that uh, you mentioned when you were in some kind of meeting. It was kind of in a, a hall where there was multiple people, and a guy was uh, talking about how things are black and white, and you're like, nah, there's also gray. Right. And as a safety manager was what you were, you have to find the gray. But I think, of course, that's applicable to life because I don't think life, there's black nothing or black or white in no. life. No. But I don't know. I wonder if we can make a correlation with current times with this subject a little bit. So let's uh, see how if we can go down that road. Man. Um, there, there's a lot going on. Uh, one of my topics on here, and I don't know why, because, you know, first of all, let me say that in, in our conversations, I've pulled in things that I thought would be really good to talk about on this podcast. And this is conversations from last year and, and all of the discussions that we had. One of those topics was racism. Uh, it is, it is something that unfortunately has reared, you know, it's ugly head again. Um, many people have many, many different experiences and perspectives when it comes to racism. Uh, I don't know how fine the gray correlates with it, but, um, what, what are your thoughts? First of all, let's start with that. We'll, we'll get with the fine, find the gray in a little bit. What are your thoughts right now on the current state of things and, and the idea of racism racism's uh, part in it, right? Because a lot of what's happening right now is the police brutality thing. And then, then a lot, then, then, then race gets involved, unfortunately. Right. Um, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Just overall. Okay. I, I had a discussion with a guy and I told him, I'd say, listen, man, right now, the way society is built, the way, these, way society is designed and with all of the temperature of society, I should hate you because of the color of your skin. Just like right now, Jason, you being a black man, me being a white man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, right. we're not supposed to be able to sit in the same room, man, with each other and be comfortable. <laughs> right. So it's, it's just that there's too many things out there in society. And we talk about systemic racism and so many other things that's going on. That society's not ready to let go. Because I think what's happened more than anything is the awareness has been raised on every level. I was talking to a guy the other day, and this guy was telling me, you know, he's a white guy, he's a prominent white guy, professional, just like myself. And he said, Boogie, I got a question for you, man. He said, I would just like to know what are what are the black people going through right now, the black community, because I like to know what, what you guys are going through. And I told him, I said, man, I'm gonna give you something. It's the biggest treat I can give you. The biggest treat. And that is when someone asks you, hey, man, how do you feel like what black people are going through right now? You as a white person should say, hey, I'm going through it too. Yeah, we're all going I said, through it. I said, because you have children, don't you? He said, yes. I said, you have a daughter? He said, two. I said, right now in your head, you think you know who your daughter's going to marry, but you don't. So whatever's happening today is going to directly affect the future of your daughters. For sure. So your daughter may bring home somebody that looks like me or even darker. 
Mm-hmm. You're going through it. It's the same as when Dr. King was killed. Everybody in that era went through it. When JFK was assassinated, everybody went through that era. During that era, went through it. Yeah. So don't think there's just one race of people going through it. Right. Whatever happens today is going to affect us all in the future. So you can either get on board or you can stand sidelined. But eventually, you're going to get in the game. So what does it mean to get on board? Get on board is to realize, like, hey, there's stuff. As I said, society doesn't want to let get get doesn't want to get rid of. I see there's movements going all over. They're removing these Confederate. Um, or not just flag, but the symbols. monuments, yeah. the monuments, yeah, the symbols, yeah. the monuments, the um, statues, and so on. I see all that's going on. All that's great. However, comma, mm-hmm. let's not lose fact that there's things that we can't see that cut even deeper. So I'm not mad because they have a, a statue of a person over here that was once the biggest slave owner in, in the South. I'm not mad because of that. I'm concerned about the fact that now that slave owner is gone. However, what that slave owner has committed, or I won't even say commit because it wasn't a crime at the time, but but what they've attributed to the United States of America is still in existence. So if there was something that was a mindset, an ideology, or anything else, that carried along that same type of teaching or lessons and they're still being taught and leaned upon, that's my concern. So you can move this figure over here, but have you really moved the ideology? Now, how do you feel about this though? Because I think that you are what you think about. Yes. You are what you think about. You are what you talk about. And and those things turn into actions. I agree with you. How, How valuable do you think it is to continue to have these conversations? I, I think it adds a lot of value because of the fact that when, when, when we look at TV and we see people like Black Lives Matter, but then when you see the entire masses of people that's in that march, in that protest, not the rioters, not the looters, that people have you feeling that those are the Black Lives Matters people because they've shown people that, that weren't even black out there doing the rioting and looting. I'm talking about when you look on TV and you see the masses that protesting and you see all different races together that's tell yeah to, together unified mm-hmm. that's telling you right there that these conversations need to happen now i'm not saying for one race of people to hold someone else subjective or accountable for something that their ancestors did right i'm saying hey at least show that you're aware of the fact that what happened in the past shouldn't be still continually going on and this is why i go back again when i said the same type of lessons verbiage is not continue to being fed into now society that happened from those days. That is my concern. All right. So uh, let's, we'll get you, I don't have numbers in front of me. That's not, that's not what we do on this uh, particular show. Uh, But you know, this is a police brutality incident that happened to a a black man, George Floyd. It was on a camera. Um, I've seen a lot of different things on my come across my social media feed. There's been many cases just like that that have happened to white people. So it's you know, a police brutality is the issue, not race is the way I perceive it. But unfortunately becomes a race issue. Then we start digging up all of the racial stuff and 
I think that's where we get the narrative wrong. I also think that's that's the narrative that's pushed on us by the media because it sells and they're all about making money and it's not necessarily the truth 100% of the time. I think right now the frustration is this because I, I agree with you. We're not here to push numbers. I just want to say I've seen numbers and the numbers point directly as there's more whites that's being killed by the hands of the police than any other race. Right. So I'm not denying that. I'm not denouncing that. That's an actual fact. So you're right. Police brutality. Is the That's problem. what the concern is. Yes. Training, proper training with the police, all of that. However, comma, the uproar is based upon the fact of how blacks are being killed by police. Right now. Okay. So that's. Under the conditions by which blacks are being killed by police. Not the numbers, yet the conditions, the situations. In this situation, would someone from another race have um, been killed in this situation was someone else from another race lost their life in this situation okay here's a, here's a fun one here's a fun one for you I saw a video I don't know if you've ever seen the Hodge twins at all no I never did they, they so. put video I see their videos come across and they okay. showed a video of a of a man that called the police on himself mm -hmm. because he, he was a schizophrenic and he took too much cocaine and, and did and, he have a and, knife or something? I don't. He didn't have a knife. Oh, all right. Uh, the literally almost the same exact thing happened to him. Right. That happened to George Floyd. Right. They, they were on his back, knee into his neck for 14 minutes, and wow. the guy died right in front of him. They were making fun of him because it sounded like he was falling asleep, snoring. Wow. The cops were. Same exact thing. It did not get any media attention. No one blew it up. Wow. Same, almost the same exact thing, other than the fact that George Floyd was actually committing a crime at the time, right? Well, other allegedly. Cocaine. Allegedly. Well, we, I, I'm not, that's not where yeah, I'm getting into that. I got but you. But the yeah. point is, is uh, and this is all just just debate and, and perspective, right. the perspectives that we can all have a conversation about. So right. it, I do really feel, this is, this is me, that the media tells you what they push what they want to push. Right. And they know that, that, that racial tension and this could be completely wrong, right? But oh, no, they, they know that racial tension is something that gets a lot of attention, yeah. a lot of attention. And now all of a sudden, lots of people are looking at their television screen, wanting to see what's happening into their, in their towns. And they're, you know, that's money. It's all right. money right there. You're absolutely right. Right. So I feel like I, I wish we had more perspective as humans, as, as human beings to go, let's take a step back. I'm not saying that I know what it's like to be a black person, but you also don't know what it's like to be me and what I've been through in my life. We all right. don't know what each other have been through, right? We don't know. So well, let's take a step back and see and ask ourselves, is this the truth? Is well, this the absolute <clears throat> truth? And are, and, and are we believing something that, that is not true? Well, let, let, me, let me put it this way. Or I learned a long time ago, <clears throat> the truth is not what you say is how it's received. For sure. So, so if I see that there's blacks being killed in situations that other people have walked away from, then my truth is they're killing us. Right, but, you, but, but you're seeing it yeah. on the media. Yeah, but, but I'm seeing it, the, the media grabbing it because nobody else is grabbing it. Like, I mean, when I see an officer shoot a man in the back, and I'm not talking about the guy that just got killed or shot. I'm talking about the other guy that was in an open field that somebody was recording it secretly that knocked something from a cop hand, runs away from him, the cop shoots him, then walks over and drops something down by him. And he shot him in the back while he was fleeing. When I see that, the, the person released that video 
But it wasn't until the media got it that the officer was arrested for murder. So I understand that the media does set these type of things, but let's face it, sometimes it's more of diabolical of a plan that's going on, in my opinion. Because while all of this stuff is happening with George Floyd, and I've heard people say, well, George Floyd, I'm not going to, and I won't say the person's name, but media out there knows who I'm talking about, and you know, society out there knows who I'm talking about. I'm not going to you know, praise George Floyd for being a martyr. I won't do that because of A, C, A, B, C, and D. He mm-hmm. had this, he had that. Right, right. Even again, he, he it alleges different things. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is when you, as a parent, is seeing anybody laying on the ground begging for their mother, you have to have some commitment in there like, wow, back up. I don't care what race. I don't care what origin. When I saw that, I don't care if he was white. I don't care what he was. When I saw that, someone begging for their mom, mom, please help me. That in itself, man, made my soul hurt. Yeah, of course. So when I saw that, I'm like, you guys know that this man is in dire need. There are three of you on his back. The only one we saw was the one with the knee on the neck. So the guy that got up with his knee on his neck, the other two could still hold him down. It's not like, you know, we're, we're, we're some superhuman or anything like that. They could have held him down. So when I saw that, I'm like, this is inhumane to me. So I don't care how you look at the individual. I look at the treatment of, the need of. And I'm not a lawyer. I'm, I'm not anybody's judicial system or anything like that. However, only thing I have to look at it logically and say, percentage-wise, if this man could have been sustained or retained by two individuals rather than three with one on his neck, he would still be here today. Come on. I, I can do all the arguments. I can do the arguments of Dylan Roof walks into a church and shoot nine people. And when they arrested him, they stopped at McDonald's to feed him before they took him to jail. No, no shots fired. What's the, the guy that went into the movie theaters doing Batman and shot up the whole theater? They arrested him. No shots fired. But you have a guy that you have on the ground with your knee on his neck and he's begging you to please, I can't breathe. So you you're you believe that it is that there there's more chances that uh, a black person's gonna be targeted by the police than than a white person. I didn't say I'm I won't say targeted. The outcome. I, I, I will say that that they'll have more, I won't say brutal, but more severe retaliation than... Now, uh, why, why do you think that is? Because I think that is, is the same, Jason. If I were talking to another black man and a black man says something that I can relate with, I understand it's just a joke. But if I was talking to a white person, white person says something I can relate to, I might take it offensive. So it's the same. If I'm looking at somebody that looks like me and understands what, I, what I'm saying, I'm going to be more calm with them. But I'm talking to somebody from a different race, I might amp it up a bit. That is the whole thing. That's why I say that these conversations need to happen. For sure. For people to understand like, hey, man, we're the same. We you really know, are. Just because my pigmentation is different doesn't make me different than you. Just because my verbiage is different don't make me different than you. Just because we don't look identically if you put us both in any type of 
photograph or anything you can do to just wipe our complexion or our skin tone away completely, you would see similarities in our facial structures and in our appearances. So don't segregate me. I, I don't want to use that word because yeah, now yeah. it sounds like it's I'm going old back. Word. It's yeah. an old word. Don't, don't separate me from someone because of the fact of the color of my skin. Now, I now I will say the same. I, I will know. say the same. And and look, this is I. It's as as a white person, we honestly you you have no clue. Yeah. We have to be super careful what we say because no matter if we say something, we're going to come across as racist. It, it is. It's a. It's a very dicey. And look, I'm not saying I'm going to say something offensive, but if but but. I'm telling you, it, it, it's a fine line. You have to be it super, is. super careful what you say. Um, so I'll say, I'll say, say this: I wasn't born in an affluent neighborhood. I was born in a very. I, I lived in a really small house with my parents. They didn't have a lot of money. I grew up in a, in, in a mostly Hispanic neighborhood, um, and I, I, I wasn't because of that. I, I wasn't. It, there was no situations ever where I was in the majority. So you were the minority in your neighborhood. I, gotcha. I, so th there was never a moment in my life where a group of us are talking crap about a Mexican person or a black person. Now, right. has that happened to me? Hell yes, it's happened to me. So you do understand what it means to be black in America. Man, I do. I can't tell you how many times it's happened to me. Right. Walking, right. Into, walking into a liquor store and a black guy says, what are you looking at, cracker? You know, something like that. Right. And I'm like, I'm just walking here to get a Boone's Farm, bro. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. So honestly, honestly. This is why I'm saying, because so the, so when people say this word to me, I can't help but to go, and pardon my, pardon my language, I can't help but go, fuck you, when they say right. white privilege to me. I can't help but to go, fuck you, because... First of all, also look at this. Look at the social structure, just where I'm at. I know. Who's my manager? <laughs> Who's his manager? Hey, man. We're talking dollar, dollar bills more than what I make between he's, the two of you. He's talking about me. He's yes, about I me. am. So I say, where's, where is it? Tell me where it is. Okay. Let, I know listen. it exists somewhere. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But, but I haven't seen it, right? So you, so you have to understand. Black America has to understand, too, yeah. that, that you're talking to people that have been through different situations they just don't know what you're talking about yes yes you do and i'm, and I'm going to give you clarity on it okay when when i use the term white privilege should i ever use the term white privilege it means that you have the benefit of the doubt the benefit of the doubt because jason at our level we have no authority over anything that happens white privilege is way, really really way up top and, and you're not included in it yeah. All right. That that's a money thing. However, at our level, you have the benefit of the doubt. Okay. You just establish. You say, hey, you know, salary wise, I'm above. I'm you, just whatever. making. No, no, that's making, okay. That's okay. Points. However, comma, you and I could walk into certain situations, and you you will be free to go, and I'll have questions. I you see. I would. I don't know. I, yeah. that's something you just don't, that's something that you just don't know unless you've, you've seen it unless and you've been around it. it. Okay. And, 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 and I, I personally have. have it. I know. And I have, and let me tell you when I was stationed, I was in the air force station in North Carolina. I'm, I had a captain that I worked for great. No, I, actually we were back here in, in California. Great guy. And we talked about North Carolina. I was stationed at one base. He was stationed at another one. He said, what do you think about North Carolina? 
I say, man, I loved it, dude. It was great, man. I had a good time. You know, the wife's from California. She'd never been there before, so it was great for her to get out of the state. She never lived anywhere else, so it was a great time. And um, he was like, yeah, I, I didn't like North Carolina. I'm like, what? North Carolina was great, dude. He was like, yeah, I think I saw things that you didn't. And like I say, he was white. So I'm like, nah, man, I understand. I'm gullible as hell, brand new. <laughs> I'm like, nah, man, I understand. He's like, no, man, uh, I just, I said, nah, man, you got to tell me. He said, well, maybe I'll tell you one day. I said, no, you tell me now. He said, okay. Because well, he's a white guy. He's trying to be careful, right? Yes, you he's be trying careful to be careful. But I'm asking for this. So he said, okay, well, I'll tell you a story. Okay. He said, my wife and I bought a nice big house, man, in this neighborhood that was only, it was a big cul-de-sac, and there was only five houses on this cul-de-sac. And we had a big wraparound porch and everything, and, so when we got moved in, all the neighbors came over with, with beer and food and stuff. So, we, you know, we sit out on the porch and we'd eat and drink. So every Saturday, we'd sit on the porch and we would eat and drink and talk at somebody else's house. So one day, we were sitting out there on a Saturday and this expensive SUV pulls up. And this family gets out with the realtor and everybody's black. He said, Boogie. When we when, when my wife and I heard the words that these mm, that these people yeah, start saying it. towards those people, he said we turned sick to our stomach. He said we couldn't believe it. Mm. He said we want to literally just run and get away from these people. He said North Carolina was so bad, I couldn't get out of there fast enough that it led to my divorce because my wife left me. She couldn't be around those people. I'm like wow. So I understand wow. when you say you haven't seen it because I didn't see that side and I was happy in North Carolina, but he saw a side I couldn't. Right. So, but, okay. That's, that, okay, that's a good story and, and, and right. it's true and it's a reality, right? right. <clears throat> but it's also a reality for, for, well, maybe it isn't. I don't know. I've not lived in a predominant, I mean, I lived in a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood right? and we lived, we, we lived right next door uh, to, to, you know, Hispanic family that owned cows and stuff like that. And they want, or actually they were working, they worked on cars, sorry. And they wanted to access our property. And we were like, no, my mom used it for horses and they did not like us there. They did not like us. Right. Uh, we lived there. They didn't like us. They threw rocks through our windows, stuff like that. We moved, we had to move. Um, so what, what do you say to someone like myself who's only experienced the other side of it? Right. I get what people say, but I also know what people say about about white people. I know what people say. I know what black people say about white people and Mexican people say about white people, especially when they have a hate for them. Yes. Um, so I know the history historically, it, it, the balance is off. I know that the, it's more in favor of, of, of white people, but for some people, and this is what I want to get into find the gray, right? Because I feel like this is finding the gray Absolutely. because not everything is black and white. Not every no, white not. person is racist. Not every black person is, uh, is, is pure, is pure or is, um, a victim. Yeah. Not every, right. <laughs> I'll go with pure. I'm the victimized. No, I'll, I'll go with pure because I would hate for someone to see me and consider me to be part of a victimized group. But is it, but is it not a victim mentality? Don't you think? No, that I think that's society painting that picture. I have done too many things in my life, man, to get to the level that I am to say that I'm a victim. You are I'm not. A war, I'm a warrior. At you best. are not. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but the, what about looters and rioters? But see, looters and rioters have no color. It's true. Ah, no, no, see, no, no. So that, I'm with that, you. There you go. So the thing about it is, no, I've done too much to get get to where I am to be recognized. So what's a good word? Like I said, 
Um, I, I think that I think that there's a lot imposed upon us. However, comma, I still think that there's a lot of people that accept those impositions because of the fact that it makes things a lot easier for them to get across because they haven't taken the time to analyze what's going on and come with a with a better script, you know, with Take a better responsibility verbiage. Of it yeah. For their own so, life. Right. So what I will say this though, you're absolutely right about the gray area. You're absolutely right about finding the gray. And the gray, in my opinion, is this. The gray is in these conversations that are happening today, it's allowing us to see who we really truly are. Because you know me, Jason. You know, I always say, love me or hate me, know me first. Yeah. Because I don't want to be right. I just want to be understood. As long as you understand me, you, if you don't like me, then I'm cool. My shit's done. But just know me first. Give me that. So all I'm saying is we continue this dialogue. We continue to talk like this. We continue to merge as one. The grace shows itself. Because yeah. I see you for who you are. That's why I laugh and I say, you're a black man. I'm a white man. <laughs> I laugh and say, because we don't, you see colors. People say, I don't see color. We see color. We just don't define someone by their color. We don't define right. them by whatever definition society has given yeah. that correlates with their color. Yeah, that's the dumbest thing in the world to say. I don't see color. That's bullshit. Everybody sees yeah. color. You damn I right. Mean, we all see it. You're wearing a purple shirt, bro. Damn I see right. that color. And I did that on purpose. Man. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. The thing is, is that if you don't see color, damn it, you and I riding down the street, and the police pull us over, you driving. No, yeah, I tell you what, Because I man, know we're getting out of this. You well, know? <laughs> for me, I, I walk into, because we've gone and done, gotten like Costco pizzas. We've gone to Costco and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. And I'm like, this is raising my street cred hanging out with this guy right <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Got to have some hood in you. And I'm not even hood, but I look like it, you know? So anyway. I'm telling you, it, there, it, I, it's the funniest thing. And I know that I know that maybe, um, you know, a, bl a black person maybe can't relate to that. But honestly, when I've walked around with you, yeah. it's... It, it in it feels like I'm like okay I, I don't have to worry about being being judged it's I, I'm not saying I'm judged I'm not, oh, no, I'm not trying to play, play victim but it's like I got you I don't know how many times I've been looked at with hate I got you. just for being just for you, being a white guy yeah uh, so I guess I I guess I can say I really I would understand what it would be like you know for a family to move into a North Carolina neighborhood where they're the only black people yes. I guess I could say I understand it. Not a hundred percent. But 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 you can relate. I can See, relate. So you, and that's that's the key. That's the gray area. You have apathy. You don't have sympathy For because sure. you, you haven't been well, you, you had been through it as a white man, but you never been through it as a black person. So you have apathy. N no. So here's the thing. The thing is I get credit walking with you. I get credit walking with you because if we go into an environment that nobody knows is coming out of Boogie's mind, mind you, man, when you met me, I had dreadlocks. Yeah. I had dreadlocks that were twenty eight inches long. Yeah. And, and I was established. So the thing about it is when I walk into a room and I'm the only black person there with these locks on and everything, they're not expecting to receive what's about to come out of my mouth. Right. But I have you beside me that softens the blow. Yeah. Interesting. So I understand to the fullest. What, what I'm saying here is that gray, that beautiful gray, that gray that enables us, man, to see beyond whatever anybody else is trying to force upon us. That's the gray that we have to find. Find We have to pound it out. You know, I mean, in previous podcasts, I've said that you cannot cure racism because racism is a disease, but the racist is the virus. And you can't kill or cure a virus unless the virus wants to be cured. Yeah. So you can't cure racism unless the racist wants to be cured. Right. 
And that's why I said, go back to all of the stuff that happened during slavery, happened during that time that was relevant, that now slavery is abolished and people are still making it relevant today. Let's eliminate that. That's where the healing will come in. That's when the, the resolve will come in. And that's where I think a lot of the conversations that we're having today is making ground, is gaining ground to try to get us there. Of course, it's going to be people, man, that's like 60, 70, 80, 90 years old. They're locked in. Man. Yeah, they're locked in. But I'm not trying to change them. I'm trying to, as I said to the guy, I'm trying to affect the future. Yeah. The future of who my children, who his children, who your children, who everyone's children can now correlate with. Because you look at the, the, the new movement, those 20-year-olds, they see things are totally a whole lot different, man, than 60-year-olds do. They see things on a level that a lot of them turn over in their grave right now. And they're not even dead. Okay? <laughs> so, yeah. so I just think that we need to go in there and continue the conversation. Yeah. Hear the young activists. Hear the ones that are standing up and, and professing how things should be. Hear them and then follow suit. Remember what happened in California. What was that um, Proposition 13 that went for same-sex marriage? Remember that? I do. Vote yes on 13. That's I right. Remember, I remember my two kids came to me, all right? Well, two of them came to me and they said, hey, so what are you voting I'm like, it's none your damn business. He <laughs> <Like, laughs> was like, why? I, see, I said, this is your first year voting. What are you voting? I'm voting. I'm voting um, no on 13 because yes on 13 meaning that they wouldn't be allowed to. Right. He said, I'm voting. I was like, okay, all right. I think I got that right. I'm not sure. I've been indulging a little bit. Good tequila, <laughs> by the It way. is, yeah. So he said, well, I'm voting so that people can marry each other. I said, well, son, I have a concern. And he said, well, dad, what if somebody told you you couldn't marry who you want to. I said, I think that was slavery. But yeah, right. I'm just thinking that. He said, all right, Dad. It. He's talking about right now. I said, well, you know what, son? My concern is that there's certain benefits that married, married couples get that single people don't, like tax breaks and such and such that like people, that. You're, you're concerned people will abuse that. Yeah. So now people go in same-sex marriages. Now all of a sudden, whatever pool of money that was there for the, the married people are now being depleted even more or being diminished. So that, that's my whole concern. He was like, I don't know, Dad. So I supported them. I supported them for same-sex marriage. I did that for them. And I told him, I said, I want you to know something. What I do today doesn't affect me, Thanks. but it affects you. And your children. So just remember that. What happens today affects you. So I would throw something else in there, too. Um, I, I don't think anybody, anybody at all, uh, well, uh, other than if you know you have to, right? Because we all know when, when I say this, you, you all know who, who has to. But I don't think we should apologize for who we are right now. No. Uh, and, I, and I mean that more, more, more broad scope generally. Like, I don't think black people should apologize for being black people. White no. people should apologize for being white people. No. Hispanic people and so on. We, we shouldn't have to apologize for it, um, but we should have, we should be able to see, look to see the story. It's, um, it's like you said, know me first, right? Right. Is that, how does this, what's this phrase yeah. go? Yeah, I, I, yeah. Got it, I got it written down here. It's, it's just that. Yeah. Uh, Love remember, me or hate me. Know yourself before 
you know any, what, anybody oh, yeah. else. Wow. Man. Yeah, that's our outro. Yeah, you took me it's back. Been, it's been a year since I've said that, so <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. But um, know yourself before you know anybody else. And I think that that's really helped me a lot. I think because I, I try to be, and that really, that statement alone is just about consciousness. It's about self-awareness. So yes. if you know your pains, if you know your struggles, you say, say it to me all the time when you've sort of coached me on my journey to become a lead, um, that, that I'm exactly you. I've been through all those things. So you, you've known how to, how to navigate my shortcomings, right? Right. Which really aren't shortcomings. They're, 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 they're building blocks, essentially, yeah. if you look at it that way. So it, you and you knowing yourself, you're able to be a better coach and a better mentor for other people. And the same for me, I'm able to have sympathy and compassion for people who may be struggling through a lot of the similar things that I'm going through. Right. So that's, I think that is gray area. Right. Knowing yourself before you go out there and try to make some kind of large judgment before the media tries to tell you something. Know yourself, search your heart to say, is this the truth? And who can I talk to about it to actually get some real truth from it? Let me tell you, this is why I have a, a problem with a lot of people. I always say, say what you know, but know what you're saying. Yes, right. So, yep. you right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people hear just a snippet of something. Yes. And it makes Formulate sense. Formulate a whole story, a opinion, whole story it. about it. You can bullshit anybody for 15 minutes after that. You better know something. Meaning... Once you get done with your story, if I ask you questions for 15 minutes and you run out of answer, you don't know enough about that shit. For sure. So say what you know, but know what you're saying. Mean, do research on it before you open your mouth. Especially if something you care about. Absolutely. So, so some people hear some things, man, get a snippet and run with it because it makes sense. And their mind starts to examine it and develop a process on it, but they don't see it all the way through. And they start talking about it. Like, is there, you know, is there biblical sense? Is, is there Bible? And it's like, no, understand what you're saying, man, before you try to talk to the masses. Because if you're really truly in a position where you can move the masses, you want to make sure that you're moving them down the right, down the right path, the right direction. And the thing is, is that I will never hate someone because of the color of their skin. Regardless of their hatred towards me, I will never hate them because of the color of their, their skin. I am not a racist person. There's not a racist bone or an iota in my body. However, comma, I'm prejudiced as fuck. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, prejudice is not racism. People call them one and the same. Because I can hate broccoli. Yeah, you've talked about right, that. Right, yeah. But broccoli isn't a race. So I'm prejudiced against broccoli, but I'm not prejudiced against a person unless that person is stupid. And that could be any race you can name. If a person out there doing stupid thing, a pedophile, you know, somebody out here just beating their wives, somebody just doing a lot of things to hurt old people, I'm prejudiced against them. Did I say a race? No. Anybody from their actions, I'm prejudiced against but I'm not racist against anyone. Well, prejudice is a, is an interesting word. You're judging them before you know them. I mean, if you know someone's a pedophile, it's easy to formulate whatever opinion you want about that, whatever strong opinion you want about that. Prejudice, though, is you're making an assessment on somebody before you even know them. Those people move into the neighborhood, you're like, oh, they're they're black. Well, I hate them. That's, that's racist. Well, that's racist. <laughs> racism, yeah. So, I'm waiting to see where you're going so, with prejudice. So even prejudice isn't maybe the most accurate word. I think it's, uh, tell me, tell me what, how you see prejudice. Because my, my thing is military taught me if that was an enemy and I had to engage the enemy, we, we attacked them with extreme prejudice. 
that means we hate their total existence. So, so prejudice has the undertones of hate in it? Well, yeah, I, I hate pedophiles. Yeah, I hate someone that's hurting the elderly. Yeah. And here's the funny thing about it. I always say that. I but, think, but the, in the word, you got to think about the word, right? Let's just look at the prejudge. You're prejudging. You're judging before you know. Okay. Right? That's what okay. prejudice is. So you're judging before actually knowing. Kind of. I, I, I think that there's somewhat of a, a hyperbole applied to that, but somewhat. Here's the thing. I'm not prejudging because you have been arrested. You have done time for being a pedophile. So it's proven you're a pedophile. Right. But you but if I walk in the room, you don't know that I've been arrested. But I'm saying once I find out that you're a pedophile, it's already done. Yeah. So you have a general prejudice against pedophiles. Once you know they're a pedophile, that's yeah. where that prejudice applies. Oh hell yeah. I don't look at somebody and be like, oh, he like a he like he a perv. Yeah. I don't he do looks that. like a pedophile. That's no. that's genuine prejudice. Yeah. Somebody might Dude. look at me and say, I look like a perv. Because if if you know me, I love kids. I love children. Right. My my son will tell you, man, when I get around kids, I just turn into an empty nut, man. I'm just like, hey. Somebody look at me like, hey, that big guy, I'm, I'm 6'3", 300 damn pounds. Yeah. Oh, he's too big to be around those little kids. I love children. I, I coach sports. I've coached girls basketball, boys basketball. I've had traveling teams. I've coached men basketball. People know me. But some people that don't know me can look at me as being that type of person. Anybody could. Yeah. So the thing about it is, no, I don't do that. Once it's validated, I'm good. Yeah. I don't have to say anything else now. I don't like you. Right. So find the gray. Find the gray. The gray is when I go into any type of situation, I go in expecting nothing. I really don't. So when you're saying prejudgment, I don't expect anything from anybody. I'm a fact gatherer. Yeah. I gather facts. Once the facts are gathered, then I have to assess them and determine the direction to go. So the facts normally people say are in black and white, and they're not. Like I'll give you an example. So when you talked about the room I was in with all these people and I had the question of facts and everything else, the situation came up that there was a, a prominent person speaking and he said, um, everything is black and white. Everything in HR is black and white. Okay. Human resources. Human resources. So me sitting in the front of the crowd, hundreds of people in the room, I raised my hand. It was just so natural, man. I wasn't trying to debate or anything because I'm not a debater. I'm a, I like discussions. I don't like debate. Right. So I raised my hand and uh, he was like, yeah, you got something? I said, well, I kind of disagree with what you're saying there because it's black and white, but there's a gray area. You say, no, nah, gray doesn't exist. We put gray in there because we're trying to apply our own emotions. I'm like, no, I, I disagree with that. He said, okay. I said, well, let, let's consider this for example. All right. So you pull up to a stop sign. Now, here in California, we have white lines on the ground. That's our stop short line. And you stop there. And then there's a big rig making a left turn onto the same street that you're at. And you see if he keeps turning, he's going to clip the front of your car. What do you do? Back up so you hit your car. You just created gray. Yeah. Because black and white tells you stay right there. You just created gray. So if gray exists because of the fact that we're trying to self-preserve, take care of ourselves, then gray exists everywhere. 
Right. Once you factor human factor into any equation, anything is possible. But also what, what, what Gray indicates, if you look at it from, from this other perspective as well, is awareness, mm. right? Because if, if you weren't aware and you're just saying, oh, I'm black and white, if you weren't aware, you wouldn't even have known that, hey, that's a very large trailer. It's coming around the corner. I know it's going to have to swing wide and yes. I'm going to have to back up. Yeah. So and, and I don't even drive trailers. Right. You, you know? just yeah. know that, right? Yeah. So that that also finding the gray area also indicates actually being aware. Yeah, absolutely. So and it also if you use the metaphor that you just gave, it's also making room. Yes. Making room for other people, <laughs> making room for that and I and I think that all ties into what we were taught, what we've been talking yeah. about in terms of racism. So we look at a situation, let's back up a little okay, and see it from a broader perspective and find the gray in it, right? right. Find, find, find that, that truth, that real truth in it. Right. Does that make sense? Is that, is that a good man. recap of it? Listen, everything that you're saying, I agree with, agree with you wholeheartedly because anything can be written. The constitution hell was written and that's supposed to be one of the, the doctrines that we follow wholeheartedly. Yeah. The thing is, is that it was written so vaguely that it gave us room to grow on. It, it gives you, it's room for, there's room <laughs> yeah. for gray. Yeah, absolutely. Room for gray. So interpretation. And, and it's a shame that how can there be hundreds of thousands of laws to enforce the 10 commandments? Yeah. <laughs> that's the biggest gray right there. Yeah. Okay. So no matter what we do, there's always room for us to look at something and apply different type of processes or thoughts to it to determine, is this black, is this white, or is this gray? Because think about it. Everything right now that we're seeing that's happening in, in society is black and white. Black, I it's, mean, white cop kill a black, so black, and, black white. and white. So you got Latinos and Asians over here like, hey, what about us? Right. <laughs> yeah. There's the gray area. That's the gray area. So- I think that all this dialogue is needed, man. Yeah. All of it's needed. I don't like the fact they're talking about, you know, um, po police, you know, unfund the police. Defunding, yep. Yeah, defund. I had a white guy ask me, he said, hey, man, we should defund the police. I said, yeah, and then blacks really will be scared because I think that the police are the only one that's keeping the real true haters in check because blacks are, we're not ready for no race war. I don't think white America is ready for a race war. There'll be so many casualties and so much fallout from that. Why would we need that? I heard some fool talking about, man, it's about to be another civil war. I'm like, don't even bring that into, into fruition. I mean, in, in, into the universe. We're not ready for something like that. There's no need for something like no, that. No, there is not. I, I think that, that we have too much intelligence on all sides, black, white, Asian, Latino, and um, Native American, that we're just all over. We have that, that once we continue to talk, it's like, it's a good marriage. Things are bumpy as hell. They stay together because they communicate. We have to do that. Yeah. A guy at work told me, he said, man, I don't know what happened to the melting pot. I said, it was never a melting pot. It was a stir fry. You had everybody come from other different countries, get mixed together in a stir fry, and we never blended together. We just retained our own flavor, yeah. and it all went together well. Yeah. That's great. Stir fry. Yeah. <laughs> so that, I like that. Well, that, that was good. That was a good conversation. So, I, I mean, to, to sum it up, I would say for, for any of you that have, you know, your own feelings, your own questions about it, 
you know, have a, have a honest, good conversation. I would say, you know, one of the mistakes that we, a lot of us make in conversations is we come and harden the paint. Yeah. We come in with our opinions and we go, okay. So I would say, start with asking questions. How, what's your feeling on this? How do you feel? And then, then that'll open up their curiosity. Well, what is it like for you? And I think it's important for us to know where we all sit in our own perspective on it. But remember, you have to go in empty. You can't go in expecting you anything. You cannot have any predetermined. Yeah predetermined idea of what's nope. going to come out of that person's mouth. Nope. Nothing, you have, and you have to have nothing to said. prove. You can't Absolutely. come in like with something to prove. Absolutely. Yeah. So just have a good conversation about it like we just did here on, yeah. uh, on Bugology. So thank on you Bugology. for sharing your insights on that, man. I appreciate it. And uh, stay tuned for the next one, everybody. We're going to try and do this consistently. We're going to record another one after this. So we're going to have a couple the next couple weeks here. Thank you for listening to Bugology. And remember, know yourself before anyone else does. Yeah, man. Thanks, Boogie. Right. <laughs>